0: Today's scripture comes from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You may be seated.
1: Thank you, Logan. Uh, We are blessed today uh, to have Don Follis uh, here to um, give us the sermon this morning. Most of you will remember Don, he was our interim preacher uh, for the winter and spring of 2017, and he has maintained a uh, mentoring relationship and a friendship with Pastor Ben and I. We've been very blessed by the continuing connections with him we've had, and I know that some of you also have stayed in touch, and um, we just find him to be someone who continually cares for, uh, loves, and, and prays for our congregation, and we're just very blessed to have him come to speak with us again. So Don, thank you. Well, good morning all, nice to see you. Really nice to see you I'm with my wife, Jennifer, this morning. So we're, we're very happy to be here on this first Sunday of Advent. And I ask, uh, I ask him to keep the slide up, because it's quite a slide, isn't it? There are so many uh, uh, depictions of the Annunciation. And this is by Henry uh, Tanner. He was an African-American painter in the late uh, 19th century and early 20th century. And <clears throat> don 't you like how he depicts uh, the the event you see Mary there and her her uh, she 's sitting there uh, rather compliantly on the bed and uh, her fingers are interlaced and her head 's slightly bowed and she looks apprehensive doesn 't she and um, she seems uh, there this seems to be at least as I look at this there 's this prolonged moment between. Uh, the angel's announcement and, and, and Mary's uh, astonishing response, a, a kind of pregnant uh, moment, <laughs> pun, pun intended, yes. <clears throat> but she said yes, and I, I, I wanted to keep that up for a moment because it, I think it's often how we feel uh, in life and certainly during Advent. You know, we're a little apprehensive. We're, we're, we look at the world around us going crazy, and we kind of wonder what in the Sam Hill's going on. And, uh, but she gives that uh, faithful response that has echoed down through the, the centuries. You know, historically, in the Christian church, the first Sunday of Advent, and this is the first Sunday of Advent, begins at the end, celebrating the last things, the second coming, The end times, the the consummation of history, no cute baby in the manger today, no silent night, no today's advent cry is come back and redeem your people. This is how Paul says it in Romans 13. Understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's the message of the first Sunday of Advent. So we join the chorus from the book of Revelation. As the saints say, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming. Amen. The saints saints responded, Come, Lord Jesus. So today, on this first Sunday of Advent, we put our hope in the words of Jesus. I am coming back to take you with me. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm going to prepare a place for you. This day you will be with me in paradise. So the message, brothers and sisters, on this first Sunday of Advent is keep the faith. Stand firm to the end. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. I like the way Paul says it in Romans 8. We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we await for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, this Sunday is hope, for in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience." So I I believe the more we focus on the blessed things to come, the better we'll be able to live as God intends for us to live, and better prepared to receive the gifts in the end time. This day is ever nearer. That's the message on the first Sunday of Advent. Advent has three parts traditionally. Jesus comes as a baby. And that's why if you grew up saying the Apostles' Creed, as many of you probably did, the creeds, we pray the creed, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, Advent. He comes as a baby. And we welcome him. And the second coming is where Jesus comes into our hearts. As the angel said to the church in Laodicea in Revelation, so we hear the message during Advent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Advent, will you welcome Jesus into your heart? And the final coming, the second coming, the place where Advent starts. Jesus comes at the end of the age. Advent starts at the end, and in churches throughout the world today, many will hear, and now you will hear, because I'm going to read it, This reading from Matthew. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the the earth, nation will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. And this is a reading from Luke 21. People will faint in terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. They, they will see the, the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Or as the psalmist says in Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O gates. Lift up them, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So the cry on the first Sunday of Advent is come back, Lord Jesus. I love what J.R. Tolkien says. We all await the final Advent where we will experience joy Beyond the walls of this world. But with hope being the theme, I don't have to convince you that hope is not magic. I, I love the magic of Christmas. I really love all the parts of it. D- decorating the churches I came in this morning. Oh, I love all that stuff. I like Advent. I really like to give gifts during Advent. Uh, When my daughter was in college, we used to send her all these Advent gifts. And she said, it's great fun, but then when it comes to Christmas, I don't get anything. (laughs) Well, it wasn't exactly that way, but I really love to, uh, you know, I really love the traditions. But the first Sunday of Advent, when we look to the end, we're not afraid to reflect on the anguish, the pain the hopelessness that we see all around us and still have hope. We live in tension. Almost seems during this time of the year there's more bad news in the paper than at any other time of the year. Maybe it's just the way I read it. But writing in my journal one Advent, reflecting on the bad news all around me, I wrote, no wonder God had to send his son into the world. (laughs) The first year of my marriage, 40 years ago, I was reflecting on the magic of Christmas. We were gonna go back and see my folks, and I thought, well, I'm gonna take my new bride back, and we'd just been married for a few months, and I thought, boy, is this gonna be great. And it was great, as I recall, but I I discovered, because I'd been journaling, and I was just looking through my journals the other day, that I was reflecting on the news 40 years ago. I don't know if some of you will remember this. That was the year that there was a a character named Jim Jones who had a strange uh, g- group called Tem- the People's Temple. And, and he was uh, f- an American guy who finally t- took about 1,000 people down to Guyana, Guyana in, in South America. And just before Advent broke, that first year we were married, I remember seeing the news. They all drank Sinai-laced Kool-Aid, and all of them died. Do some of you remember that? That was That was during Advent and I was reflecting on it as a a brand new campus pastor. And it was like, wow, how do I make sense of Christmas now? And then then Jones uh, turned a gun on himself and ended his own life. And more than 900 people uh, drank the Kool-Aid. It was bizarre, it was awful. And it was Advent, 1978. And I remember being mesmerized by that feeling, I think, perhaps, as a very young adult, this tension of Advent. And then, uh, the next year, um, in 1979, I I, I reflected, all these American soldiers were taken captive in Iran. I don't know if you remember that. President Jimmy Carter was trying to uh, go for a second term, which he lost to Ronald Reagan, perhaps in large part because... The, the Americans didn't get released until right after Reagan had won his first term. So it was really interesting. But people were, were really taken by that. Like, now what do we do? It was during Advent. And then I saw, so it went in 1984. My journal tells me that, uh, 30, that was 34 years ago, there was news during Advent of this huge uh, accident in, in India, both all India, at a Union Carbide plant where this highly toxic gas was released. It was in the first week of December, Advent. 4,000 people were killed right around that plant. And so, news of the world during Advent, right? Whatever we think Christmas might be, <clears throat> it doesn't stop the news from being reported, does it? I agree with C.S. Lewis in his great book, Mere Christianity. The angel announcing the birth of Jesus to the Virgin Mary, Lewis says, was a declaration of war on enemy territory. Advent invites us to see the world as it is. Hope never denies reality. Never. Thus, Advent season is not the season for easy, flippant answers. Although, I'm, I'm sure I do give them Jesus is the reason for the season. Wise men still seek him. I mean, that's true. But in fact, Advent presses into the hard questions. Advent then comes to a climax, not on Christmas Day, yes, Christmas Day, but also on the massacre of the innocents by Herod. The Catholic and Orthodox churches historically have observed the Feast of the Innocents on December 27, a remarkable conjuncture that remembers a massacre of infants in the same season that rejoices in the birth of the Christ child. So, reality, may I therefore give you a few ideas to consider during these Advent weeks leaning up to Christmas. The first one I've been speaking of. It's not really tolerable to speak of hope unless you're willing to look squarely at the overwhelming overwhelming presence of evil in the world malevolent disproportionate evil feels often like a profound threat to the christian faith we read the sobering lines from Simeon i give you those lines again the old man simeon took Him, baby Jesus, in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of the people. A light for revelation for the Gentiles and for glory for your people, Israel. And of course, the child's mother and father marveled at the words. And Simeon says and a, to, to the mother, a sword will pierce your own soul. Is it any wonder that Mary pondered these things in her heart? Could she ever have imagined her boy's crucifixion in the coming years? Is it any wonder <clears throat> that we ponder the affairs of our world in our hearts, sighing and saying, on this first Sunday of Advent. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? During Advent, we read the biblical accounts of the birth of the Messiah in the one hand, while still reading the newspaper and watching news on the other hand. Hope embraces the tension. We do this because second idea, Advent tells us that God gets the last word, not humans. God's final triumph over evil does not depend on our success in overcoming sin and death. If it did, we would have no hope. In Advent, we don't retreat from horror in the world into our own little personal religion, singing silent night, holy night, all is calm, All is bright. That's not what we sing during Advent. We sing violent night, holy night. All's not calm. All is not bright. Christmas Eve is that violent night when the light of the world, the hope of humankind, descended into darkness behind enemy territory. To quote C.S. Lewis again in Mere Christianity, one of the things that surprised me when I read the New Testament seriously was that it talked so much about a dark power in the universe, a mighty evil spirit who was held to be the power behind death and disease and sin. Christianity agrees that this universe is at war, but it does not think this is a war between independent powers. It thinks it is a civil war, a rebellion, and that we are living in a part of the universe occupied by the rebel, enemy-occupied territory. That's what this world is, says Lewis. We proclaim Christ to the world, proclaiming the not yet in the now. By being involved, as Christian writer as a writer, Christian Becker says, by being involved in strategies of hope, we, we keep pressing in. By being involved in ministries carried out in this church and in this area and in Christian communities around the world, even now, we press in. We do, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what we can to push back the kingdom of darkness. And when that happens, there's conflict. Should we be surprised? Pushing back the kingdom of darkness, working to bring the kingdom of light and hope, even as we cry, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And Advent starts, the first week of Advent starts right there. Come back, Lord Jesus. Redeem your people. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. What a beautiful Christian hymn. To sing. It really gives us this idea. Our hope says God gets the last word. But third, Advent calls us to be patient in our hope. One of the traditional Advent readings comes from James 5, and it reminds us be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. It's an Advent reading, a good one. People of hope, are patient people. So patience, my friends, patience. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And fourth, during Advent, no human answer ever will fulfill the deepest longing of your heart. I mean, there are so many things in this world that we grieve, and I've talked to people who've lost loved ones, sometimes very untimely deaths, as I have, having lost my son. And they say, I am not going to rest until I understand why this happened. Good luck with that. Advent says no human answer will fulfill the deepest longing of Advent. That draws me, that draws us to our second reading in Matthew 2, which is, Alongside our first one that was read earlier. When Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. In accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. What tension to celebrate the birth of Christ and the feast of the innocents two days apart, same season. How's that for embracing tension? I mean, how many of you say, I really love Christmas, but my favorite part of Christmas is the Feast of the Innocent. I love that the best. We have a big family meal and we all just talk about the great mournful losses in life. It'd be very appropriate. If you really want to embrace, embrace the tension. I mean, friends, the only answer we have to the tension between hope Our first Sunday of hope and suffering in the world, I think, is the scripture. May the scriptures be your hope and satisfy your deepest longings this Advent. What can we say to the mothers weeping for their children? Let the children come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. Perhaps, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Perhaps, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me so that you also may be where I am. Perhaps, the final proclamation of Advent and Christmas is the word of God. It's our hope. It's our answer. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, we keep the hope. Even as the Virgin Mary rejoiced, so do we rejoice. She sings in her great song, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost judgments. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. So friends, as we stand in line at whatever shop or wherever you will be in the coming holiday season, my challenge is to let the word of God dwell richly in your hearts. Take a few seconds. Resist gazing at your smartphone. Hard to do, isn't it? Everyone will be standing in line looking at at their smartphones. And then they will get in their car and go to the stop sign and sit there and you'll have to honk at them. Well, maybe look at people. Who knows what they're going through? Who knows what they're experiencing? Look at them. And maybe God will bring a scripture to your mind. May the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the children come to me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Perhaps you could pray. Behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Or pray God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every name, King of kings and Lord of lords. So friends, on this first Sunday of Advent, my encouragement is to take the world as you see it. God has the final word. Be patient. Let the word of God dwell richly in your hearts. As the good apostle Paul says at the end of his letter to the Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Father of hope, we worship you. may your word dwell richly in our hearts in these coming days of Advent. For your glory, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.